Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the IT News Podcast. Our guest this week is Bunnings Chief Information Officer, Leah Bolter. Bunnings has been on quite the journey over the past four years. It's gone from an almost completely outsourced IT and digital operating model to having an internal workforce of 700 across five domains. The company is also relatively fresh off a study tour that has resulted in six active proofs of concept. And we dig into some of these emerging technology areas and focuses in the podcast. I guess to start with, when I was looking at your role, I guess I was intrigued by the amount of areas or domains that fall under your remit. So for me, it'd be useful to start with a little bit about your role at Bunnings and just talking a little bit about the span across the digital data and analytics, the innovation, the technology, the best experience in online, and all of these things, because often these are domains which, when you look at a large organization, would have their own C-level technology executive attached to them. So it'd just be useful, I guess, to frame the conversation a bit around how your role is to be looked at and your remit is to be looked at within Bunnings. As you say, I'm really privileged to cover such an incredible area across Bunnings and really supported by an incredible team. We do cover the digital data technology, the strategy planning and architecture function, as well as the innovation lab that we set up across Bunnings. And that's really to have a really well-coordinated team as we're going through a substantial period of change. So if we dive into each of the areas... The data team is really responsible for the data analytics and all of the insights, particularly the recent Flybys program that we launched and the insights as we're getting to know our customers better, that team's responsible for that as well. The digital team effectively manages everything from the API layer up. It includes all of the websites that we've got, the apps across consumer, commercial and our team member apps, and also runs the online store, which we've only launched in the last couple of years. The technology team is effectively responsible for all the hardware infrastructure and also the services that support all of our team members, in particular in store, but also the team members in our support centres and also supports the devices. We use separate devices in stores and all of the apps that our team members use for, say, inventory or picking, click and collect orders. The innovation team is something that we just set up a couple of years ago to really spearhead and prototype what future customer offers or what future digital solutions could look like. That team helped coordinate and organise the study tour that we had recently to Israel to basically bring back some of the best ideas of retail innovation from across the world and to take them into proof of concepts. And then finally, there's the strategy planning and architecture team that's really built out the roadmap for the five years ahead. So As you say, it is a broad area, but with the substantial amount of change that we've been going through, we were late to the party as such with digital, having the team really well coordinated and now to accelerate has worked really well and um, have got an incredible group of leaders working together on this. And sort of across those domains, and I guess wrapping around the Bunnings Technology Organisation, are you able to talk a little bit about the technology function itself in terms of maybe the staff numbers or in terms of the structure, the partners that you work with? I don't know how you want to frame it. Yeah, sure. So the size of the team right now has substantially grown from when I joined a few years ago. There was quite a small team and we were largely outsourced to third-party providers. we basically brought in an in-house team. And I think being one of the largest retailers, building out, I'd say, one of the best digital technology data teams, hopefully, across Australia. But we are heading north of 700 in terms of the size of the team that we've got right now. And 
In terms of partners, we really try to deliver the best experience for our customers, for our team members and suppliers. So therefore, we try to take what are the best of breed offers that we can find. So we really work well with partners like Google, with Workday, with Microsoft. We also partner with Salesforce for the CRM program and SAP who provide the e-commerce for the platform. So particularly as the architecture team's designing the roadmap for the future, we're really looking what is the best of breed solution that we can put in place. And going back to what I said earlier, being late to the party has given us an opportunity to actually scan and see what is best to really try to get to best for our customers as soon as we can. And so across that 700 people, and then when you look at the five domains that you spoke about, so the innovation lab, data insights, digital technology, and the strategy and planning and architecture, I think was the five that you mentioned. How are those 700 split or what would be the biggest in terms of the internal technology organisation? The technology team, I'd say the largest with the legacy technology systems, that team largely sits in Perth. So that's the largest team, closely followed by the digital team. Then we've got the data and analytics team, which started off as a really small team a couple of years ago, has really accelerated to close to 100 now. The Innovation Lab, we purposefully keep small. They're focused on proof of concepts. And then as they go from startup to scale up, the team shifts out to the BAU, which is what happens. We recruit in a team and then they move out under a digital product if it's a digital product. And the architecture team is another area that was largely outsourced that we've now brought in-house and got working with some incredible architects that have joined us just in the last year as we've set up that function. Okay, cool. You've mentioned a couple of times insourcing of some of these functions. Did this all happen under your watch? Yeah, no, it did actually. And when I joined back in 2018, I was brought on to lead what was called the Best Experience Program. And that was the team that was charged with taking Bunnings online. And when I looked at the team, we had an incredible group of talent that were identified from across the business. So we had a team of about 60 in a room that were from stores or from store development, marketing, And I looked across the room, but we didn't have anyone with digital or technology experience in the room. And I went and found up the road in the basement, there was 12 digital teams that I pulled out of the basement and combined with what was called the BXP team. And then found that we had an outsourced partner that we were working with that had about 150 teams that were working. So brought the team to physically sit with our team to share the knowledge and then was very explicit with the strategy to internalise our IP. And that's when, you know, as a team, we broke into squads across the customer journey and developed a strategy for what best looked like. So, for example, for the pre-shop experience when you're searching what is best as you're in the cart, what's the best experience or the post-shop in terms of click and collect, click and deliver or returns, what's the best experience. So each squad focused on a different component of the customer journey. And then those squads, as they built the strategy, Then that's when we started to hire out and basically bring in the internal team. But we worked very much in partnership with our outsource provider at the time. So it was a great transition, but an opportunity for us to bring in some incredible talent. And it might be plumbing ancient history, and I don't know whether we want to go down the path, (laughs) but um, I, I just wondered if you could talk a little bit more about that process of really scaling up the internal team while you were co-locating the outsource team to basically drive that IP and skills transfer. Yeah, no, sure. And all of this happened then during COVID, right? So we had actually hired out a space and fitted it out where we could bring in the internal team, but then COVID hit and that space sat empty. So 
We were very clear on what the future structure was going to look like. So we designed what the future structure would look like. We were working in partnership with our partner and we called that effectively the re-platform project. So there were team members working on what was the re-platform and knowing that at a certain point in time, we would cut over to managing effectively the website ourselves. And so at that point, team members moved into what was the permanent team. So it was a transition over a period of 12 to 18 months to transition to the internal team. And obviously, it started with hiring the senior roles first and then cascading from there the incredible talent that joined us. So it was a bit of a transition. It was largely done during lockdown and over teams, but it was incredible as the team were able to come together here in Melbourne in between periods when we weren't locked down. But then finally, at the end of last year, coming all together as a team, it's just been fantastic. I'm interested in how you manage the scale up as well, because when you go from such a smallish organization to a really huge organization, it can present some challenges around how you manage or how you oversee some of the amount of work that now goes on within your four walls of the organization. So bringing the strategy planning and architecture team in-house, so particularly around the planning. So we were quite immature in some areas and we've now sort of rolling out agile, have sort of two-speed delivery across effectively the front end with digital and then with technology, we've moved to quarterly planning cycles. So really as a team, we're starting to mature and align across the whole team. And that's the beauties you talk about earlier, wire all the teams together. The benefit of having all of the teams together is the shared knowledge and getting the visibility of what works going on and on the same timelines as such as we move within Agile. I'd say a lot of the talent that we've attracted have been excited by the scale-up opportunities. So being the foundational team working on the website team or being the first team to launch the Product Finder app. So we found that team have really liked being the foundational team on some of these products and really feel the ownership of the products. And I'm interested in how Bunnings sort of cult status in Australia might impact that as well. I imagine that it's easy to start conversations by just mentioning the Bunnings name, but I'm sure you've mentioned sort of a couple of challenges so far. And one of those was being potentially a bit late to the party on digital, but I wondered if you could just talk a little bit about how you see the challenges of leading technology at Bunnings and starting those conversations, I guess, with some of the new team members. Well, I guess there's two separate points there. So in terms of the cult status, we found that team members have loved coming on. Part of the value proposition is the team member discount that they get being ingrained in the culture. When team members start, we have hammer time. So they spend time in stores and that really gives particularly the tech team visibility of what the customer and team member problems are on the ground, literally. That's where the product finder app has been very helpful for our team as they joined when they're serving a customer, be able to find what product they're looking for, but really take them those problems and bring them back to actually start working on them. So that's what the team love doing. And it's not a one-off. They're a team that will be going out monthly and spending time in stores and with customers and really understanding what customer challenges are. If you want to talk about challenges with the scale up, another big challenge was effectively the volume of online orders, click and collect orders. And when we designed the click and collect program, it started off as a proof of concept. We had the Craigie Burn store and we had one subset of the products, which was the tool shop. So the digital team effectively designed click and collect for tools in Craigie Burn and we launched that effectively MVP and then as we scaled up, we went to the whole store, which is Craigie Burn. We scaled up by state. And before COVID, as we launched Click and Collect across all of Australia, each store on average had trained up one person to be effectively the Click and Collect or the Click and Deliver. They were the online person. And we had one person per store that was effectively trained in online picking. And then COVID hit and stores went from an average of three orders per day to 700 per day. 
And that's where, if you talk about changes and challenges, we had to rapidly scale up the change management. So training the team in how to use the apps for picking and our team members were walking on average 25,000 steps a day. So then we had to find ways to optimize that for them so that they could pick multiple orders and just stick to one area of the store. Because as you know, our stores are very large. So we then started working on what our team member problems were during this period, how we could make it safer and easier for our team as they were picking. We then also problem solved when COVID hit, The biggest concern was how could all of our customers get their products safely and how could we keep all of our team actively engaged and employed in our stores? Effectively, stores were going to be closed and that's where we came together and designed the drive and collect and we designed that within three days and we piloted it within three stores within five days and within seven days had the roadmap and went to government to show how we could do drive and collect and rolled that out across a three-week period across all of Australia and trained up all 50,000 teams in how to pick and go through the process of drive and collect orders. And as a consequence, during COVID, we actually ended up hiring an extra roughly 10,000 team that we brought on, some of them from the airline industry, to actually help fulfill all of the orders that we were getting. Because during this period, a lot of customers really utilised the drive and collect service, particularly here in Melbourne, where we are, where we were locked down a lot, as you know. And really, the customers were wanting to get their essential items, but they're also looking around their home and looking what they could do to improve their home during this time. But also, we had the issue when New Zealand was locked down that when they were first locked down, there wasn't drive and collect. There wasn't sort of an online store in New Zealand. And we had the problem, how can we get customers heating? It was still cold in New Zealand and quickly worked to come up with effectively a website by almost sort of sticky tape and glue to get customers those essential items as soon as they came out of lockdown. So I think what I'm trying to explain is that we try and work on what's the team or the customer problem and really pivot quickly to address it. And that's where the team are energised and the culture of Bunnings comes to the fore to just come in and help at that point in time. On that fulfillment side of things, when you were talking about being able to pick multiple orders in a certain area of the store at one time, was that a technology-based solution that was developed for that to support that? Or was that something that was mostly in training? No, 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 that was technology. So on the Zebra app, which is the app that we rolled out for team members in store, we put an app on that, which is effectively the picking app. And so team members can press a button and decide whether they want to pick multiple orders or one order. So if there's an urgent order, they can just pick and find that one order to go and pick, or they can select multiple orders. And now we're building in wayfinding into that to help the team members, particularly the newer team members, find the products quickly in store. So it's all a tech solution. I can imagine wayfinding and product finder as well being really useful. I can remember back to my days of doing night feel and there were particular aisles in a supermarket, which (laughs) the wall of tuna cans, for example, it is just so difficult to find the one variety that you're supposed to put onto the shelf and really slows down some of those people. So I can imagine some of the technologies that have been developed since will be really handy in that perspective. Yeah, and I mean, that's where the technology team have been really working on the next iteration of the Product Finder app, including what will be coming up is next version of interactive maps, which we currently have in there. So it's a bit like Pokemon Go, where you can sort of add your products to your list and then we'll help you find which aisle, which way to go around the store. But then looking to actually add into that a scanning function with the camera, scan the shelf and be able to pick, as you say, it's not in our stores, the can of tuna, it's more like the right light bulb and Mm. take home the right light bulb or the right screw or whatever item is quite hard to determine one from the next. So using that through scanning the barcodes so that what you've got in your project list is the same that you take from the shelf. Mm, Absolutely. 
At the recent strategy day, there were a few different projects that were raised, a bunch of new mobile devices, which I assume are the Zebra ones, Push to Talk, which I assume is also a Zebra function as well. I wondered if you could just talk a little bit about some of these and maybe talk a little bit about as well. You mentioned at the start of the conversation that you just come off a study tour that was organized through the Innovation Lab. And it'd be useful to understand a little bit about some of the things that you saw there and some of the things that excited you enough to perhaps bring them to Australia as well. Yeah, no, sure. So the technology team is really looking at how to make it easier for our team members in store to help customers find what they want, but also to check out quickly and easily. So we've now rolled out over two and a half thousand Zebra mobile devices for team members to use. It helps them search for products, helps them manage the stock in store. It's got apps such as the picking app, the inventory app. So if there's a gap on the shelf, they can scan the gap. And then we know that there's none of those products available right now that feeds then into the inventory. So there's Zebra is a really useful, critical app for our team members. We've also rolled out over 400 new mobile point of sale units, which we call the MPOS units, which means that customers can avoid queuing up at the main register. They could check out in the aisle and just show their receipt as they exit. It might be through Greenlife exit or the timber yard. So just making it easier for customers rather than having to queue up at the front. We rolled out Wi-Fi at more than 130 stores, again, to help team members as they're increasingly using more Wi-Fi with the Zebras, but also for customers as they're using the product finder app. As you mentioned, the push-to-talk technology our team members really enjoy. It saves all the noise over the overhead speaker system enables team members to call on expertise quickly, to call on another team member who might need to help, for example, if it's a heavy product or to get the customer the right expertise when they need it. So it really gives better connection with team members all over the store. That's what we're doing for technology, for team in store. In terms of what the Innovation Lab's doing with the proof of concepts, we went to Israel and we went along with Mike Schneider, our CEO, a number of the senior executives and a number of the team across digital technology marketing, which was just fantastic to see how innovation has evolved over the last couple of years. We've all been locked down, but, you know, in countries like Israel, innovation has been forging ahead. We saw 30 companies in the week that we were there prioritised based on customer and team member needs. And We've brought back six proof of concepts that we're sort of actively looking at and working on now. Everything from how to improve search on our website. So how can customers, rather than having to type in the exact word, might be visual search to get that screw that they find hard to replace. How can they quickly find that through search? Communications for team members, so for planning and communicating internally amongst team members. There's some great platforms that we saw there. How to make it easy for customers to scan and go as they leave a store. So how can they pick the products that they want themselves and exit quickly? So really what we did is prioritise the opportunities, look at what customer or team member problems they were addressing and we prioritised and working through a number of those concepts and looking to follow our usual model, which is just trial it in one store, then roll it out by state. So it's been really exciting for the team to have the opportunity to get back and see the innovation and bring some of that to life. There's just two more questions I wanted to ask. Firstly, on the architecture side of things, I wanted to just get a little bit of a sense of the digital data and technology platforms and the core technologies. Now, I think you mentioned some of this before. You mentioned, I think, Google Workday, Microsoft, Salesforce, and SAP were all in the mix there. But it'd be useful just to understand a little bit more about the platform architecture side and particularly where you're hosting different workloads and different ecosystems, for example. 
what we've tried to do is, I guess, in being a bit of a laggard, as I said earlier, look towards what best looks like. And we've really tried to move towards the software as a service and shifting to cloud-based solutions. So that's why a number of the solutions I called out are the cloud-based solutions. For example, if we talk about the data team, we're sort of moving to an Azure platform, hosting everything in the cloud and effectively launching a platform that will host, be our enterprise data platform, but also host a single view of the customer and a single view of the household in there. So that's an example of moving from a legacy system to sort of cloud-based software. We've done that similarly with payroll, which was not a cloud-based solution, and moved that to Workday now and fully rolled that out. And team members are loving that as we've rolled out and trained all team members in Workday. So I think, and talking through the other ones earlier, gives you an idea that we are picking off individual platforms and we're looking at what's best and coming up with across our architecture roadmap when's the right time to switch them out to move towards best because we can't do everything at once, obviously. Just a final question as one of us, everyone, what excites you about the year ahead? I think what excites me about the year ahead is we're seeing growth across all of our channels. If you look at our number of website sessions, three years ago, we were averaging just under 5 million weekly sessions to now grown to about 12 million sessions. And New Zealand, similarly, we're about half a million sessions now at around 1.2 million sessions. So we're seeing that our customers aren't seeing this as just an online shop. Our customers come to the website, they research, and then we can see that around 80% of customers actually come into store within the month. So what I'm excited about is that this isn't tech or digital over one side of the business. We're actually integrated into the business and really creating that connected retail omni-channel offer for our customers. And we can see that where technology isn't just used at home. The product finder app is technology, but it's for customers to find what they want in store. The website, customers can sit and surf on the couch, but then they use that to then come into store. Same with the PowerPass app for tradies. Tradies can come up with their list of what they need for a project and then scan and go and check out themselves in store. So what I'm really excited about is that we're trying to forge ahead as being one of the leaders and innovators in that connected retail where customers are using all channels at once and getting that Bunnings experience that they get from our friendly team in store, that they're getting that through digital channels as well. And that's what excites our team. When we overlay with the launch of flybys and a better understanding of our customers now and what they're purchasing online versus in store and creating effectively a single view of the customer. What we're really excited about is how we can personalize the offer for our customers. So if a customer has purchased a fire pit, we're not just trying to sell them something, we can actually send them a video on how to clean the fire pit and really provide that friendly team member experience through digital channels as well and just being there and being friendly and helping our customers. And as you talked about earlier, that's the culture of Bunnings and we're looking to try and weave that into technology channels as well. That was Leah Bolter from Bunnings. And that's the podcast for this week. We'll be back with an exciting new interview next week. Until then, you can catch all the latest headlines in Australian IT over at itnews.com.au.